In the 2020s, a pandemic crippled the world. Some panicked, some denied it. These two guys stayed home, drank, and watched movies. These are the Jameson Tapes. Hey, uh, Abysme. What's up? I have something here in my left hand. Okay, well, tell me what it is. It's a glass of peanut butter nitro stout. Excellent. I have something in my right hand as well. Okay. Shot glass full of shamboard. What type of shamboard? Well, the shamboard is a black raspberry liqueur. Okay. So, theoretically, drop this shot in my right hand into the beer in my left hand. Uh huh. Might taste like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Well, let's find out. Okay, I'm going to find out right now. Holy shit, that's fucking delicious. <laughs> All right. Ooh, so what did we watch today? The Poughkeepsie tapes? We were, but say pulled an executive order on us and said, no, we got to watch The Void. So we did that instead. Oh, right. That is the movie we just watched. Yes. I forgot. No, I didn't forget because this movie rules. <laughs> this movie's but, really good. So, hey there, everybody. Spoiler for the full review this movie's awesome, and welcome to the Jameson Tapes. Yeah. I am Alan. I'm, I'm not as drunk as I'd like to be, but I plan on getting there. Yeah. Usually we're a bit more shithouse at this point, um, but we just kind of stopped uh, to watch the movie. <laughs> instead, we were just watching a really fucking good movie. Yeah. Wow. I'm still processing it. Like, we literally just stopped, took a five-minute break, and uh, good lord, wow. Yeah, this was good. Wow. I'm... And and I theorized about the effects team. I think you will be quite surprised to hear, Abysme. This was the same director as Psycho Gorman. Goddamn, okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They are mostly known for doing comedic horror films. Then in the middle of that, they dropped the fucking void on us. Well, don't know much about the budget. I know that they crowdfunded eighty-two grand for the mm. creature effects alone. Worth it. <laughs> worth every dollar, and it grossed about one hundred and fifty thousand. Don't know if it made its money back, but good lord, yeah. very much deserves it. Holy shit! There's that eternal question of why can't anybody adapt Lovecraftian stuff to the screen well? And I think the problem is everyone tries to just take like any given Lovecraft story and then try to do that. And it's been done. It's rare. But Colorado Space, for example, I think is really, really good. But yeah, Colorado um, Space rules. I, I think like the the trick is not to just adapt Lovecraft directly, it's to do something Lovecraftian. And good fuck is this movie Lovecraftian and does it very, very, very well. I have not seen something this on point in a long time. You can do Lovecraft. You can also just get Lovecraft. Mm -hmm. This movie gets Lovecraft. It's, oh man, like everything from the pacing, the setting, the themes explored, like fuck dude. Like, and I'm reading very, very, like I'm skimming through reviews and no one fucking understands this movie one deserves this movie as far as the uh, the professional critics jesus christ this is so good this is so solid like there's no i don't think i had a single complaint 
even like a com- a nitpicking complaint we had in hindsight, I don't feel as bad about. Yeah. We had talked about Dr. Exposition. <laughs> Little hackney. Yeah. We get it. Stop. Don't need to know this. I get it. So anyway, exposition, exposition, exposition. <laughs> yeah, and maybe you could lose that, lose that, but this was a 90-minute runtime. Like, they already yeah. were very, it's, very it's, lean. It is a is a tight 90 minutes yeah this movie does not waste a fucking second of your time no and even during that uh, exposition dump they're still mostly transitioning from one scene to another so you're not like losing action you're not losing plot progression so yeah even then like the the tiniest most minor of nick picks that i could even think about oh uh, do we want to get into it, or do we just want to suck this movie's dick off? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the review is going to be just sucking this movie off. Oh, man. Okay, yeah. I, part of me, fe- and I feel bad, because Sade has, as usual, written up this in very concise, very detailed summary. But I don't... I feel like... Okay, sorry. Sorry, let me back up. Because this is going to take a little bit to explain. Yeah. Sade said, have either of you seen The Void? And I said no, and Sade said, I cannot believe you, of all people at Bismi, have not seen The Void. And I understand exactly what he means by that (laughs) at this point. So bearing that in mind, I really do not want to spoil too much for our listeners. I want people to see this. As someone who loves Lovecraft and adores Psycho Goreman, I cannot believe I've never heard of this fucking movie. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I mean, I think we can talk a lot about this movie without spoiling too much, to be perfectly honest. And maybe we'll do like a minor spoiler section. But really, like, if you have not seen The Void, please go watch it. It's really, really good. And as okay, getting into a little bit as as a cab and individual as I am, we are two for two on likable cop protagonists. <laughs> we we are and like we were we were drawing comparisons to last shift like within the first fifteen minutes. It's like oh no, not again. Okay, so we're spending time in the last night of a municipal building. Oh no! Is this just the last shift, but in a hospital? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how much time it is between, like, start of movie to the first real, like, fuck yeah monster effect. Yeah. It's not long. No, and if it is long, it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. I mean, we open up with... God, I'm already getting to spoilers. I'll just say we open up with action that is intriguing enough and kind of plants the mystery in your head. It does not waste time. There's no... There's no couple driving, you know, up to their remote cabin and talking and, you you know, you're thinking, will they, won't they keep this relationship going or some shit like that? No, you're just, you're, you're dropped into the action, but it's not overtly done. I would say seamlessly goes from scene to scene, character to character, what our conflict is and what our mystery is very, very well. At no point was I like thinking, man, we're gonna have a lot of downtime right now. There's just a lot of talking. There's none of that. We're probably like, unlike previous episodes, there's not probably not going to be a lot of clips of us like. No. <laughs> probably not going to be a lot of us clips of us like joking and as as we're like watching the movie because we were, for the most part, just watching this fucking movie. I would say like in the beginning, definitely there like maybe the first 
third, like maybe a little bit over a quarter. But then after that, yeah, no, like we just kind of locked in and watched and just occasionally went, damn, that's good. So I guess let's let's kind of set up the premise. Sure. We we start at what looks to be like an abandoned house. Uh-huh. Some dude gets away from the house, but Larry. <laughs> <laughs> we did think it was Larry and other Larry. <laughs> okay, okay. So yeah, th- this opening shot with the house, like I can't not look at that and think, oh no, it's the bye bye man, because it's that fucking house that all of those kids were in that should have been the real horror in Bye Bye Man, and there's just a dude shooting people with a gun, and we're like, oh no. <laughs> Larry's made it into another movie. So these people are going around. Our two Larrys are mowing down everyone in the house. Someone gets away. But then one of those Larrys just douses a woman in gasoline and sets her on fucking fire. Yep. And then opening credits. Yeah. Oh, and we do get a shot of a a triangle on the door of the old house. We do. We do. And that Um, triangle will come back. Triangle, triangle is important. God, man, I really don't want to get into it too much. <laughs> we can be vague, yeah. So one thing I'm going to say that I hope doesn't spoil too much is even though they are two entirely fucking different movies, this movie has a lot of the same themes as Lamb. Yes, yes. I don't know why we keep pigeonholing ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Unintentionally, we keep just like Every... finding these movies. Good news, everyone. Every third movie we watch is going to be uh, about the pain of loss <laughs> as a mother. <laughs> well, later this month, I'm pretty sure we're both going to watch fucking Men from age 24, so... Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of birth, rebirth, resurrection, the trials and tribulations of childbirth, loss insert lost joke here and <laughs> i guess that's one other nitpick we had was oh okay we get it you lost your baby you you'll do anything to bring it back even if it's a terrible idea and it unlocks a you know terrible lovecraftian monster or something had um, that complaint but then this movie just fucking earned it <laughs> yeah like yes exactly i can't and in so many ways too like there's not just one instance of it it's all over the place in a very Lovecraftian way, exploring the edges and capacities of science as humanity knows it, and the kind of almost psychotic drive people have to push science to solve problems that nature presents, and asking like, okay, well, if you push the envelope enough, are you actually going to be okay with what you find? Because there is a line in the movie that says it's it's amazing what you'll find if you just seek it out. But that is being said by a crazy person who has murdered a bunch of people. And, oh, god damn, yeah. This movie gets Lovecraft so well. Yeah. Like, I cannot I, gush about that enough. We liked Last Shift, save for the ending. Mm-hmm. This movie is so much better than it. <laughs> it is. Last Shift, we were definitely like laughing more at, but we could have those laughs at its expense. But no, this yeah. one just doubles down and like knows what it's doing. This is such a capable film. Oh, man. I, I'm sure the thing everyone is going to say about this movie is something, something practical effects. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. I brought up the Psycho Gorman thing earlier because while we were watching, I saw the practical effects and mentioned Psycho Gorman. And mm-hmm. I was like, I bet they have some involvement here. 
these are your practical effects guys you're doing the lord you're doing the lord's work seriously <laughs> seriously keep uh, it up not a missed opportunity so good and what i love is that that team knows when to show their practical effects and when to obscure their practical effects there's a lot 100 it's bathed in either like shadow or like red light and knows how to play with color and that's also on the cinematographer as well of course but like there's just there's a scene in there where they have a lot of things on screen and it jumps around a lot and then normally in a movie in this genre that would be a cluttered mess but here it's just been explained previously in the film what these things are and it does show them but it does not overstay its welcome it just it gets the job done Fuck me. Sure does. Oh my gosh. Like this Sorry is the... everyone if you didn't want to just come hear us just talk about how much a fucking movie rules, but this movie fucking rules. It, it's it, uh, really I just hope we're hyping you up to go watch it. That's that's what I want to achieve go, here. Go watch I'm going to say it. Turn the shit off if, and go watch we're it. Talking, we're talking S tier for the Jameson tapes. Mm -hmm. It is fucking Bloody Pit of Horror and The Void. <laughs> Which are two opposite ends of the spectrum, but... <laughs> Which are complete opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> and, like, tone. <laughs> and, like, everything, really. But watch both of those movies. And, oh. like, at the perfect center of both of those movies, you will find Ian Abysme having a beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Venn diagram. At one end <laughs> is Bloody Pit of Horror. At the other is the void and the in the center is alcohol yes <laughs> fuck okay i will say like this movie i love this type of movie and when i say that i mean like not just what it is but what it inspires because after after we stopped watching this i like and even during when we were watching this i'm just thinking to myself holy shit this needs to be a video game i could write a song based off of this why wasn't this I, the most recent Silent Hill thing? Like, good fuck, this I'm did sitting, it better. I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here thinking like I want to dig out like my old Call of Cthulhu like role playing books and mm -hmm. shit like that. And mm -hmm. yeah, God damn it, this movie is it's very unpretentious. That really is the best word for it. Yeah, it's not pretentious. I love Mandy. Mandy is so style over substance yeah. which not a lot of people are down with but i don't mind it and it's a very very high art film as far as its presentation then and you know i love mandy but the void it knows what it is and it knows how to be what it is so well mm -hmm. and i can't like i really can't respect that enough given its budget just i feel for teams who make these things because they are working like so shoestring and they do not have the backing of major studios for the most part, but they do it because they love it. And it shows so much in every scene of this fucking movie. There are, without spoiling anything, survivors. Yeah. At the end of this film, like in, in any other horror movie, like a survivor getting out is like a good thing. Mm -hmm. uh, you and I were both immediately like, you're just fucked forever now. <laughs> All of you are fucked. No, no one yeah. came out of this unscathed. <laughs> No one's coming out of this having a good life. <laughs> and again, like that's that is so Lovecraftian, and it's a thing that a lot of people don't get. Like you're not supposed to encounter a Lovecraftian situation and come out of it with your sanity intact. You are forever 
traumatized and scarred, and there is no coming back from it. That is what happens when you gaze into the void. Literally. <laughs> literally speaking. Our saying the void counter may be up there with the <laughs> <laughs> We did latch onto that fairly quickly. Say don't actually do a counter. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Do that again. Has he already entered the void? Probably in the void already. There is no phone service in the void. <laughs> TNT has the largest coverage per square mile per carrier, except for the void. Make it wireless, though. Weirdly good reception in the void. <laughs> in the void. In the void. There's nothing worse than losing a child to the void. Occasionally the void just opens up and lets baby screams out. Anyway, let me get back to the void. No smoking in the void. <laughs> ah, apparently I ate waffles in the void. Your father punched the yeah. void in the face. What have you done with your life? It's the void, fool. This is the first film, I think, where, yeah, we just, we were cracking wise and trying to be clever. And then, like, within 25 minutes, just stopped. Because there's just nothing else. There's yeah. nothing else we can poke fun at. It's just too solid. Holy shit. Oh, my God. We, you and I have discussed Silent Hill before. Alan, love him some Silent Hill. I don't know if I've ever told this. Specifically the first two games. I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast before, but like I, I haven't played them myself. I did not grow up with consoles, so I kind of missed that boat. And I've heard, you know, there's other ones you can play now, but they're not the early Silent Hills, so don't bother. But when I started releasing music under the Abysme moniker, people were like, this is so reminiscent of Silent Hill. So I looked into that and I've watched a lot of playthroughs and I, you know, totally agree. Like, oh my God, this is something very special. And, and as I understand it, like after three, and I know you haven't played three yet, I've seen playthroughs of three. I think you should play it. I think it's a very good game. I'm tracking down a copy of three. They're expensive as shit. <laughs> I, I will say it, it's not two because nothing can be two, but I think yeah. it's very, very solid. But I'm watching this movie and just going, did no one just think to do this for a Silent Hill game? Like right. all the elements are there. Why, why, why can people not just put this together with this like, I don't want to call them nobodies because they're not nobodies, but like this kind of obscure unknown team of people who are very, very good at cosmic horror and just fucking with perception. Why is this not just easier to do and to put into video game format? I, it bewilders me. It bewilders me that there's stuff this competent and this well thought out that can't just like blow up in some AAA studio. It's just so strange to me. Uh, I've talked about this previously, but the circumstances in which I played the first Silent Hill game, uh -huh. maybe the most perfect circumstances to play the game in. Okay. I was in my early teens. I had been a Nintendo lifer. Okay. But then over a summer, I started babysitting for a family that lived across the street. They had a PlayStation. Uh -huh. They had Silent Hill. And I could only play when the kids went to sleep. So I would play that game instead of sleeping. <laughs> I would do that for like weeks at a time and in perfect darkness because all the while the kids were sleeping, all the all the lights in the house were off. Right. So I was play I was playing the first Silent Hill in my early teens, sleep deprived and in complete darkness. <laughs> <laughs> and that game fucked with me in such a beautiful way. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Hey, fucking directors of this movie this video game i want it yeah and Konami, video game we want this video game 
Konami has completely just given up on Silent Hill and fine and whatever. But yeah. that that doesn't mean that someone else can't pick up where they left off. And I think a lot of people try this. I see this all the time in the indie video game scene, whatever you want to call it. Everyone is trying to recapture the magic of early Silent Hill, which is not an easy thing to do. There's something to be said about like the current era of superhero films we're in. Right. You can tell a superhero film was made by someone who was raised on comic books mm -hmm. as opposed to someone who's making a studio movie. And I am waiting for that game that was made by someone like raised on shit like Silent Hill and stuff like that who just fucking gets it. It's going to happen. Like, it's got to happen. This is tangential, but sorry. This is just how this review is going to go. Every time I go back to CVS, my local pharmacy, fucking Sugar Ray is playing. <laughs> and I love it. I love Sugar Ray. And I realize, oh... The music from my childhood has finally caught up to being mainstream because that's just how old I am now. And that's okay. And that's a good thing because that means people from our era are now making things and calling the shots. So it's the whole thing of like when people talk about, you know, like, hey, music back then was the best. And people talk about like how great music was in the 60s. They're talking about like sliver of the music that was released yeah. in the 60s. And it's it's an era where fucking Sugar Sugar by the Archies was the thing that was actually be, be, being played on the radio. Right. It takes society time to catch up to what was actually good about back then. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. I love music. I love discovering new music all the time. I don't think good music is relegated to any one era. But yeah, people who appreciate things like Silent Hill, growing up with it, being able to inject that into media like this, like The Void, and that being a contemporary offering is great. And I, I, yeah, I cannot wait to see more of that. I can't wait to see more of it in video games, in cinema, in whatever. I'm very excited. And it's it's really refreshing and invigorating to know that shit like The Void exists. This is released in 2016, which is not that long ago. said, like, we're going to be going off on weird tangents. It's because we're not trying to tell you too much about this movie we really want you all to watch. Really? No, like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to. We could run through... The plot by the numbers but a lot of it is just looking at what's on screen and we could describe that we could describe that in excruciating detail but it would not do the scene justice you have to experience it as it happens in the movie in sequence we can gush here about how good those practical effects are and how reminiscent they are of insert 80s movie insert cronenberg insert silent hill like whatever we could go through that but that is a disservice to the actual movie. And I don't want to do that personally. If, but if we had to make that equation, there is some Cronenberg there. Mm -hmm. There's very specifically like some The Thing. Mm -hmm. when we're talking about practical effects. Yeah. You know what? This is a weird time to be in. The Thing, was that 86? I forget when The uh, Thing came I think, out. I think it's, yeah. Yeah, like The Thing came out a while ago, but we're, and then everyone gushes about The Thing, and rightly so, it's really fucking good. That came out, Psycho Gorman came out not too long ago. If for anyone who follows Dead by Daylight, The Dredge just came out, and that is clearly inspired by The Thing. It's a bunch of just people, in an amalgamation into a monster, and it's also very Lovecraftian. And then we watched The Void. Like, the stars yeah. are just aligning for this shit right now in my life. It's just, it's just funny to me. 
1982 was the thing. Apparently. 82. Fuck. Okay. Well, I was close. What else? What else? What else? God damn. Like, there's so much we could say. I just don't want to spoil anything. Let, um, let's talk yeah. about characterization. Everyone in this movie feels believable. Feels believable, and we kind of get into, like, maybe some horror movie tropes from characters. But A little bit. A little they're bit. Done, they're done well enough. Like, even the characters who have kind of like horror movie tropes, they have an arc. Yes. Specifically, the intern. Yeah. Kim. I really appreciate Kim's character because you'll hear this on the commentary track, but yeah, I, I definitely fell into, oh God, I don't like you. You don't even we want to be here. You. I don't like you and your attitude. <laughs> I really don't. You are a terrible nurse. Uh, I'm not a nurse. I'm just going around stealing people's applesauce. <laughs> <laughs> you carry a medical textbook. People just think you're a nurse. One set of scrubs, it's free applesauce for life. <laughs> <laughs> we were immediately like, into the horror movie like boo i hope you die sort of thing yeah yeah um, but kim has an arc and by the end of the movie i like kim yes yes kim has an arc and is well earned our pro tag doesn't really have an arc but i am happy with where he ends up the big bad you could say you could see it coming but not all of the reveal like there's yeah. elements to what the full reveal is that you don't suspect it it is just Oh boy. Oh yep. boy. God damn. Was not prepared for that. It is a decent enough turn. Yeah, it, it is. Um, a, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. What else? What else? Yeah, no, characterization is uh, good. The music is great. My, my favorite character, Grandpa. <laughs> Grandpa. <laughs> favorite character. Oh boy. If I had to pick one, Grandpa gets the nod just like, man, I don't even remember the specifics, but there's just a bit where her Grandpa just. Like, in the midst of all of this, just punches someone in the fucking face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's when not Donald Pleasance called his granddaughter a teenage slut, but I could be yes. wrong. <laughs> I think it's something like that, but yeah. Grandpa having enough of everyone's shit and just like <laughs> just like blasting someone in the face is why I love Grandpa. It's pretty good. Yeah, no, there's a character in here who I just kept looking at and going, that's a young Donald Pleasance, but clearly not because it's 2016. But goddamn, I wish Donald Pleasance was in this. But you know what? That would that that would make this a very different movie, and I I wouldn't want that to happen. Not spoiling anything, we're talking about like tropes paying off. I, I want to talk about Maggie. Okay. Who is the actual granddaughter of Grandpa? Yes. Who like part of the 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 driving force of the plot is that Maggie is a pregnant teenage girl, and Allison is trying to save Maggie. It's very much implied that the, the, the part of the driving force is that Allison had had previously lost a child. Yes. Which and, is that lamb connection coming back. Yeah, there's that lamb connection. But <sighs> uh, that felt like a trope, and I was a little iffy on that. But without spoiling anything, it absolutely pays the fuck off. I, and I remember, like, when we got the introduction to Maggie and Grandpa, I remember thinking, I don't even know if I said it. I just thought to myself, going, it, it, it even pays off. It even pays off in the way, we, not in the way we theorized it was going to pay off. Yeah. Yeah, like, I remember thinking, like, oh, you know, is this that beaten-to-dead trope of, you know, deadbeat father, not gonna be here type of thing? No, like, that shit, that comes back in spades 
how huh? it's revealed. Holy hell. And but that's that's what I love about this movie too. That's not even the best part of this movie. There's so yeah. many bits and pieces that are just scene stealers. And it really did feel to me like a video game. Like I'm just playing through levels and each level, the end of it is just like, holy shit. Oh my God. This fucking, this whole setting is amazing. And they get to the basement and the fucking practical effects team just like flexes their boner at us. Yeah. Yeah. That, that scene, especially, oh my God. I think I I did say on commentary at some point, there's a, a scene where Protag, Officer Protag, has his shotgun and his his flashlight out, and Sean lights the flare behind him, so you have this backlit silhouette thing happening. It probably takes up 0.85 seconds, but it was, like, perfect. It set the tone and the ambience perfectly. Then everything after that for that basement scene is just practical effects orgasm. It is so fucking good. And it's like the reason that that I think we gravitate towards these indie horror films because they're just they're just knocking it out of the park. Oh, in case anyone listening was curious, this movie's fucking rules. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Oh, you know what? No, okay. So we skipped the plot of Bye Bye Man after a while. We skipped the plot of Bye Bye Man because fuck that movie. Yeah, fuck that movie. <laughs> we suffered through the plot of Chopping Mall. For other reasons. So we've been so, we've been glib on other movies before, but we're glib on this one because seriously go watch this. Episode's not out yet, and I there's I have like so many friends that are like, You watched Chopping Mall finally. God, I just uh, don't get it. <laughs> I don't. I don't. It's not bad. I just I just don't get it. Don't yeah. Like I think it's too self-aware, but even then Maybe we were expecting too much of it. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I you know, maybe. And that's just that, you know what, hype trains are real and you all got to be careful with that because the damage is also real. You know, you set your expectations too high and you're just not going to have fun going into it. I'm sorry, but... Even describing the premise of Chopping Mall, it sounds like it should be a good time. Yes! That's a movie that has a great trailer. Like, Mm -hmm. even the trailer hypes you up for going into that, but then the actual movie is just a bit of a flat line. I really don't get it. I don't get Chopping Mall. Yeah. And that's okay. I don't have to get Chopping Mall. We don't, we don't, we don't have to get Chopping Mall. No. There's plenty There's plenty of other good B-movies out there that we, we know nothing about that I'm sure will surprise us. Definitely. And you know what? If things... maybe, maybe, maybe that's the issue. Maybe, maybe. We, we went in expecting it to be a bad B-movie that we were going to be entertained by. Yeah. I think a lot of it, and this is kind of speaks more largely to the raison d'etat of Jameson tapes is a lot of this stuff you kind of just have to discover on your own. Like, imagine if all of your horrorhead friends had tried to describe Bloody Pit of Horror to you. How would that even (laughs) happen? Would you even have watched it? And if you had watched it, you would just know too much. You have to be surprised by these movies. You have to just stumble upon them. And I think Chopping Mall... Like, like I said, Chopping Mall is not bad, but if you're told, if you're hyped up too much, it's just, it, yeah. you know, it's just bad. But like, Sade, when he mentioned The Void, told us nothing. Yeah. 
absolutely nothing. And thank you, by the way, for that, Sade, because as I said, all I heard was like random shit from like a random YouTuber about this and said, this is very, very good. And I was like, okay, I'll watch that at some point. And immediately forgot about it because it's just called The Void, which is not a bad title, but it, it'll, it'll get lost in the shuffle. And yeah, again, this is why we're not saying anything about it. Like, go watch it. Please go watch it. Please, please, please go actually watch this movie. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other like wider implications to talk about this because that's vague enough. If you know what, this is one, and this is just how things are right now, post pandemic and all that. But this is one where if you and I were in the same city and we could watch this in theaters, I would have loved to have seen this in theaters because the soundtrack is no percent. It's it's fucking solid and listening to it, I can hear everything and I know how it was achieved but I still know that it's on point. They did not waste a budget on this, or even if it wasn't that big, they found people, and I did recognize the name Lustmord, who does a lot of cinematic dark ambient stuff, and he knocked it out of the park, as he usually does. Damn it. Okay, okay. I don't have a spider room moment for this movie, because... Oh, oh shit! We gotta talk about that. What else? I think last shift, we didn't have a spider room moment? Yeah. Yeah, uh, and the explanation we're going to offer uh, <laughs> as the official explanation is that it was a solid enough movie that we didn't really have one. Yeah, yeah. The actual ex explanation is that we got drunk and forgot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which will happen. <laughs> because <laughs> I said from the beginning when I pitched Spider-Room moments, and yeah, you can back and listen to the audio for proof that maybe it's a thing we'll only do for us exceptionally bad films yeah if there's a moment that warrants it we'll point it out yeah. but retroactively while, while we're on the topic in last shift i'm gonna say the sudden appearance of chair jesus <laughs> yeah chair jesus was great yeah i don't really i don't have a spider-man moment but oh okay no say okay it is, is it though right is that a is that a spider room moment? Because I feel like that moment in the void was one hundred percent planned out, and they were aware of what they were doing. I guess we have to define what a spider room moment is. Okay, so the spider room for everyone who has not seen the pilot, and if you haven't, what the fuck are you doing? Is it's in Bloody Pit of Horror, and it is like meticulously planned out and it's a giant set and a lot of money and time is dedicated to it but it's the most batshit crazy thing that just does not achieve what it's trying to do so in my opinion and please you know feel free to disagree with me on this it is where someone is trying to do something and fails so spectacularly that it's just funny that's my definition what is yours in my opinion Spider Room moment is a moment of pure unintentional joy. <laughs> okay. Okay. It, yeah. That, if we're going by that definition, better. then yes. Yes. Okay. If we're going so by like, that definition, then in the last shift, when the, not the sheriff, who, who was the commanding officer? I forget his name, but the main antagonist in my mind of that movie, when he takes our, our protag to the evidence room and says, this is all like super nuclear radiation <laughs> fallout. And if you let people get in here, this whole city's going to burn. Like, <laughs> And then he's just fucking with her. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I love that moment so much. 
So I, maybe a spider room moment is just like the perfect meeting point of like absurdity and joy. Mm -hmm. I can see that. And if that is the case, then Sade is 100% right. Is yeah. absolutely the <laughs> when one of the characters in the film gets killed by a monster. Yeah. And they're maybe worried about him being like infected by whatever the monster is. They just put the body on a stretcher, and we don't see them do this. We just, <laughs> in the next scene, see a stretcher with a burning corpse just get awkwardly shoved out the door. <laughs> out the door of a hospital, into a parking lot, and it's just on fire. And there's no fanfare, there's no music, it just happens. There's no, there is no pop and circumstance, it's just a fucking thing that happens. <laughs> and I think, it just I... falls, falls over and burns on the ground. And the lines preceding it are like, okay, I, I you don't trust me and I don't trust you, but I know I don't want to fucking be here when that thing wakes up. And then they just shove it out the door and it's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, oh, yeah. it was, uh, it felt so intentional that yeah. I hesitate to call it a spider room moment, but I can concede it, um, it, it, the definition. Whether it hit us unintentionally or hit us in exactly the right way, it, it, it hit us. <laughs> that was really good. I think, again, this, this movie knew to do that early on because the rest of the film does not have moments like that. It doesn't have moments of, like, we got to be funny here. It's all very serious and very just kind of grounded in its emotional tone. So that's it's, it's not going to be one of those movies where it's like, and then we got to have a joke here, you know? I know I mentioned it, but I feel like I need to stress this a little more. These were the same people that did fucking Psycho Goreman. Yeah. We're talking about differences in tone. <laughs> yeah. That's that's some violent whiplash right there. Uh, also, I... everyone, go watch this movie and also Psycho Goreman. Watch S them back to back. <laughs> yeah, Psycho Goreman. I don't think we've actually we've talked about on the show before, but Psycho Goreman is... Other than, like, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, probably the best horror comedy that I can remember in recent years. Yeah. Yeah, I'd put it up there. I can't think of another one off the top of my head right now. It does have one of my favorite lines, which is something along the lines of, like, time is only a material concern to beings who have not learned to traverse the fifth dimension. <laughs> <laughs> but it's said in such a dismissive manner that's fucking great. I have been keeping track in a Google Doc of, like, movies we, like, recommend for aside from the movie we're watching for everyone to watch. And I think so far, Future Alan, it's this one, Echo Gorman, and Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh. I'm still processing this movie. There is a lot packed into it, and the pacing and the editing is very, very good. You miss a lot on your first viewing, and the same thing happened with Lamb. I actually rewatched Lamb with my parents in Paprika because we have kind of an impromptu uh, movie club, and I had I had to show them Lamb because, number one, I wanted to rewatch it and see what I you know missed, and sure enough, I think my mom like noticed something that I didn't uh, or had like a good take on something that I didn't. So this this is definitely a movie I want to rewatch and pay For attention because sure. holy shit, like, you know, there's thematic elements that because when you first see these like practical effects, you're just kind of like, oh, my God, they pulled that off and it looks great. And then you go back and 
think about what those actual effects look like and go, oh, okay, there's there's meaning behind this that isn't just looking creepy. And I don't want to spoil them because I don't want people to just like be like, when, when does it happen? When does it happen? But I will say the final lamb connection we have with this is there's a scene where like a monster has to be killed with fire and they light the monster on fire and in the flash in the background is the Virgin Mary carrying the baby Jesus <laughs> it's like god damn yeah. it how many more movies are we gonna watch about childbirth <laughs> and I, I think i said immaculate deconception at some point yes <laughs> and like that's that's kind of what this movie is about if i had to give any more inkling it's immaculate deconceptions any more of this dick we want to suck i could suck this dick all fucking day seriously <laughs> i was just reading say say it's coming Oh, I'm going to cut together all of this. <laughs> I was looking at Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't see that he said that. <laughs> yeah, no, go for it. Sure. <laughs> Release the sucking dick cut of the Jameson tape. <laughs> Jameson oh. tapes, the same cut. I want to suck dick. <laughs> I enjoy sucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta call that like dvd extras or something <laughs> just say it's cuts <laughs> okay 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 to bring it back i know i said you suck the dick of grandpa to bring it back i know i said that critics weren't getting this but i was skimming the wikipedia section and i went to run tomatoes and in, in a weird turn this has a 78% critic score, 40, 47% audience score. So, what? yeah, I know. Like, how audience didn't, didn't enjoy this is beyond me. Y'all suck. You don't know what you're talking about. But I'm glad. I'm glad critics found this and are just like, yes, this is a good movie. It knows what it's doing. I'm, I'm happy. It's not like requisite for my opinion, but it's nice to see. And you also might light section. I'm just saying the first hits the windmill massacre. <laughs> <laughs> which i've never okay. heard of but fuck we might need to watch this it's a hell of a title <laughs> it's pretty and then uh pod which has an 80 percent critic score 25 percent audience score and it's very much about alien abduction so i'm gonna add those to the list just for consideration and we'll see but goddamn but yeah still good movie very very you know this you know what a real good movie deserves a, a very good drink. Real good cocktail. Need to get serious on this one. Okay, okay. The void drink. I am already... We want it We want it to be black. <laughs> yes. You and I have been talking about the cauldron a lot, which is a, a wonderful, wonderful themed bar out in Anaheim. I think it's in Anaheim. We've both been, not together, we need to go together, but we've both been... And they have very, very, they're like horror themed. So, you know, right up our alley. But they have a drink called the La Louisiane, which is this like, kind of like a Cosmo, but like with it's, teeth uh, on it's it. A man, it's a Manhattan. Manhattan, thank you. It is vermouth, Benedictine, absinthe, and Peychaud's bitters. That drink hits like a truck, and yeah. but all in the right, like, ways. And so... All the right ways you can be hit by a truck. <laughs> I don't want to remake that drink, but I want to recreate that experience because every time I have have had that drink, it's powerful. It evolves over time and it's 
drinkable, but it's really like when you have the La Louisiane, you're just kind of like focused on, holy shit, this cocktail is just a masterclass in craftsmanship. And that's what I feel about this movie, The Void. So it, you're right. It has to be dark. It has to be dark. It has to be punchy, but it has to be satisfying. And it has to, after you've taken a sip, it's still going on in your mouth. It's evolving. There's an aftertaste and an aftertaste is still good. It's not a bad one. You know a flavor for me that kind of evolves? Okay. Blackcurrant. Blackcurrant. Okay. Bold but appropriate. And I haven't had a lot with blackcurrant, so let's do this. Hmm. Okay. So I don't know if the blackcurrant be subbing for anything in this. You've got rye. You want to go a specific direction for rye? Um, rye, rye is going to be the base. Hmm. This is tough. This is yeah. tough because a lot can go with blackcurrant. Like, we could even do a vodka drink if we really wanted to. Because for, for a movie this good, I'm not just going to say, like, bullet. <laughs> no, oh, no, no, no. This has yeah. to be the good shit. No, like, Knob Creek or anything like that. No, no. You know a rye that's got a lot of depth? Hmm? It's it's good, but it's also, like, dirty. Whistle pig. Okay, okay. Whistle pig rye, blackcurrant. I'd say, I'd say we keep the sweet vermouth. Yes. Would pair well with how dirty Whistle Pig is. Simple syrup, or maybe even maybe even champagne. Um, if we need to build this out a little bit. Whistle Pig, awry, and I'm gonna say Punta Mess for the uh, vermouth. I'm gonna say let's cut the absinthe in half. Okay. And get a little silly with the black currant. Okay. Instead. Yeah. No, definitely for color too. Yeah. Yeah. We, we can keep the bitters though. Yeah. That's that's gonna round everything out. So rye, vermouth. So pig rye, punta mess, vermouth. Black currant, liqueur. Black currant, 15. Absinthe, bitters, and then we have to have a garnish. A slice of apple because of the applesauce. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about Throw the applesauce. A... Yeah, okay, okay. Slice of apple awkwardly shoved into the, the lip of the glass. You could toothpick an apple slice. You could, yeah. yeah. I think a toothpick garnish goes better for a Manhattan. I would drink this. I would yeah, drink this. Yeah, no, this sounds delicious. I might go ahead and make this when I'm not dumping all my money into something Who knows? else. Maybe this, maybe this will be our second one we actually try on camera. Oh, I would love that. I would love that. We could just do that and shoot the shit. That would be so nice. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good fucking cocktail. What are we calling it's it? Good. Just The Void? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I like... A, I can't think of a better thing to call it. It's super dark. It's just, here, here's the void. Drink here's it. Here's the void. Drink drink <laughs> it in. And Cauldron, if you're listening, because I know you listen to this podcast, if you want to take this and run with it, number one, pay us royalties, and number two, I expect to see it on the menu. We we didn't change up a whole lot from their recipe, but I think uh, need it, to. It, it will all balance out. Yeah, no, like, they have a very solid drink there really if you find yourself in anaheim and you can get a, a spot at the cauldron we're not sponsored but if you would like to go Good bar food too. yeah yeah no great bar food great atmosphere everything seriously go go spend some time there you know if you find yourself at disneyland or whatever take a little bit to go off of disneyland and go check out the cauldron and get the la louisiane because that drink is an experience and that's what i think the apex of mixology is for me is 
you make something really, really good that's arresting and a little hypnotizing or mesmerizing. And the imbiber is just like, oh man, this is good. And I feel good in this situation. And that's, again, that is this film. It is an amazing viewing. It's very well crafted. There is so much love behind it. I cannot sing its praises enough. Go watch it. That's really all I got too. You know what else I got? Do it. In my left hand, I have a. I don't have a peanut butter stout this time. I have a chocolate stout. Ooh, which one? It is Four Hands Chocolate Milk Stout. Hmm, haven't had that one yet. It might 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 be local. I don't know. Okay. And in my right hand, I have a shot of peanut butter whiskey. Oh. Okay. Let me sink and drink this first. Do it. Oh my god, that was that was good. Nice. And aside from our cocktail, I, I've I've had two winners here on the show today: the uh, the peanut butter nitro stout and the Chambord, and the chocolate milk stout with the peanut butter whiskey, which I think is Bird Dog, which is oh like, yeah, I've heard Bird Dog, yeah. It's like it's like fifteen dollars a bottle. <laughs> yeah, that's good shit. Yeah, I guess that's our show. Yeah, sorry, not sorry for how tangential this one was, but uh, yeah, but go watch the fucking movie. You really cannot. Did not want to spoil things. Did not want to give too many plot points away or scene reveals. This is something that has to be seen, and it is it's just a, so fucking good. It's a three. It's a three dollar rental on Amazon. Fucking pay pay for this. Do movie. it. Do it. Yeah, no, they 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 deserve the money. Whoever, whatever. Give them point oh three cents. Give them whatever getting. cunt of my, cut cunt. <laughs> whatever <laughs> cut of money. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Give them whatever cunt. <laughs> Give them whatever cut of money they get from Amazon Prime and just watch this fucking movie. I I might buy this movie. Uh, I'm trying to buy more physical media lately. Yeah, same. And yeah, I might, I might seek this out. Holy shit! And everybody, go into the comment section. Go on Twitter. Go on the Discord. And in addition to following and commenting on Jameson Tapes with the hashtag, thank Sade for recommending this because holy shit, Sade's taste is apparently immaculate. <laughs> Cause yeah, goddamn. Also, thanks, Sade. Thanks, Sade, for babysitting us for this show. <laughs> thanks, Sade, for typing out a novel's worth of fucking synopsis Toast. that we didn't read. Because <laughs> <laughs> we decided last minute. You know what? <laughs> nah, I'm not gonna recount the plot. <laughs> also, if you're hearing weird sounds, my cat is nuzzling my microphone in an effort Aww. to get me to pay attention to it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think within, like, the first 20 seconds of us, like, hitting play, you're like, why now? Now recording. All right. Why now? (laughs) Yes, Slimmy. It's okay. Pets are allowed to interrupt this show all they want. That's fine. Okay. (sighs) Okay, bye. Bye. The Jameson Tapes is hosted and created by Alan Chaney and Abysme. If you have a movie suggestion for the podcast, please leave a comment, message us on the Creative Horror Discord, or tweet at Creative Horror with the hashtag Jameson Tapes. 
Creative Horror is a network of creators working together to build a constructive community of horror fans. Please visit us at creativehorror.com. Welcome to the Jameson Tapes. Yeah. I am Alan. And I am Bismi. And we just want to suck dick. <laughs> we are very, very shithouse. And we want to suck dick. I could suck dick all fucking day. I love fucking good dick. Sucking dick is so good. So good. Instead of watching a really good movie, we were just sucking dick.